I don't know about you, but I have seasons or rather moments maybe where I seem to be haunted by this looping voice, uh, an echo that just keeps coming back to say, nothing better is going to happen for you. Nothing awaits you. And it feels like nothing better is happening. Nothing appears to be in the works or just beyond the horizon. And you think to yourself, did the world just suddenly stop being aware of my voice, my, my gift, my dream? Have you been there? I, I have been to this place. I know this place. In creativity, it can feel like being stuck or writer's block or the terror of a blank canvas. In spirituality, we might say with St. John of the Cross, we're on the edge of this dark night of the soul. The Enneagram uses language like living in the shadow or returning to moments of unhealth. And here's the thing. I do not want to jump into the massive and worthy conversations of trauma or CPTSD or what Andrew Solomon calls the noonday demon, referring to depression. Um, But I do want to say with complete transparency, I know what it is to be terrified of an uncertain future. I know what it means to stand before one closed door after the next, after the next, after the next. It's rejection and anger, shame and fear. And the question becomes, how do you keep going? And, and, and what are the connections between fear, reality, and, and something of the creative, something of the spiritual? Now, I don't know whose idea it was to put such a downer of an episode this early on, because he should be he should be cut loose, okay? This is a surefire way to lose your audience. <laughs> My friends, this is Lines and Shapes. An observation. A lesson learned, maybe. Um, it... It seems like the very first thing we are prone to do when confronted with an uncertain future or, or a closed door like we mentioned, right? Or, or for that matter, any other form of indefinite pause. Uh, the first thing that we do is compare, compare, compare. You know, he got this opportunity. She got that promotion. Like, like they posted complete shit on Instagram and still got like a million views. They still got all the likes and clicks and shares, you know, like, like we do this. And here's what I've learned. Comparison is a damn and sly devil. And the world we create by pursuing comparison is dark and lonely. Comparison's sole purpose is to separate and divide. Um, It's not to unify. And I was, um, I was going back through some, some older, like um, even some older philosophy notes and thinking through the philosophical um, 
struggle, I guess, around illusions. And um, anyways, a a lot of, um, yeah, like existential thought and Elie Wiesel and whatever. Anyways, that's not really where I'm headed. But, um, but, but thinking through the the notion of illusions and, and comparison being, in a sense, this ultimate illusion, especially when it comes to at least creativity and the process there, because what feels like us distancing ourselves from another in anger, for example, is in reality the process by which we become more distant from ourselves. So, so what feels like a separation of me and this other person, you know, through comparison, is actually the process by which we are becoming more distant from ourselves. And in a life focused on the comparison of of yourself versus others, it will always blind you to the goodness and, and the beauty and the magic, right, that like, that only you can offer the world. And I know that sounds super cliche and you know, Brené Brown has written about it much more poignantly than me, and and all and all the things are true. Like that's not untrue. But you need to hear it again. I need to hear it again. And left unchecked, comparison will tear you apart and suck your energy, and leave you bitter and breathless. Yes, comparison is a damn and sly devil. I mean, we're all going to slip into this space. It's, it's like a, I'm such a space nerd if you, if you know me. Um, but, you know, the James Webb Space Telescope's been returning some incredible, like, just bananas results, right? Like, we know. It's, it's crazy town. And, um, and we're getting better looks at um, black holes than we've ever had, for example. Um, and, and comparison really is, in a, in a way, this is a black hole. It just sucks everything in. It, it, it bends and distorts our reality. It bends and distorts time. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but you sit down and you're, you're on Instagram or you're on TikTok or whatever, and you know, and, 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 you, and you, 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 you encounter this thing that is the trigger point of jealousy or envy. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're going down the rabbit hole and you're, you're trying to like research the other person on the, the, the side of the thing that they connected with and why did they reach out to that person? And then you click through their profile and then it's off to LinkedIn, you go and well, where did they work and what did they do, you know? <laughs> and like minutes turn into turn into hours. Boy, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I've spent hours. Maybe I have. I don't know. Um, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful that I'm not the only one. Otherwise, this is just, I don't know. It's, it, <laughs> it's a mess is what it is. But I think of the question like, like what can we learn? Um, and, and you'll find that comparison is fueled by fear. More often than not, that fear is a fear of death, literal or, or most often figurative, but that, that's death all the same. For me, for example, I, I hate thinking that my dreams are going to die never seeing the light of day, that my children will never see what I imagine my life becoming. I'm 
reminded of an incredible quote by Carl Jung who once said, um, I want to make sure I get this right, he, um, the greatest burden a child must bear is the unlived life of its parents. And, and that cuts deep, right? But but we see, we know like deeply in our bones how fear is so intimately connected to comparison because of course it is. Because the, the wounds that we carry from childhood, man, they exact a heavy price in adulthood, often manifesting themselves through fear, jealousy, and envy. I mean, these are just different shades of comparison. And and you will compare. It is inevitable, right? It's it's the black hole that finds us in in our journey towards creativity, towards innovation, towards towards the land of imagination. It is inevitable. But the trick is to move from comparison to confession. Pay attention to what is getting stirred up in our souls, and, and name it, speak it out loud, write it down. Just this this process of getting to know ourselves and becoming aware of those specific pain points because because we're not talking about a superficial like rote comparison between lists you know I just am this way and body body boop and then they just do this thing and da 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 and then it's just me and them and da 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 like that's not what we're talking about right but like jealousy and envy and anger these are signals to us of our own feelings of unworthiness these these pain points, like anything that hurts, is a sign of woundedness. We need to pay attention to these. And, and, and indeed, it is in the confession of this comparison trap that we actually journey toward wholeness. Okay, so I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's making sense. Um, let me know, maybe. But uh, But as I think about the the act then of moving from comparison into confession, then uh, I think it's only fair to say that as we, as we move forward, as we take those next steps, we think about how to keep going. It's important to note that, that perhaps nothing about the circumstance has changed. You know, you, you, you may not get the promotion. Your startup doesn't launch. Your you know, your, 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 your article is not being picked up. You're not being invited to, to give the keynote, right? Whatever the case may be. But the difference is that where there once was an abyss, there is now a space. Where once you saw uncertainty, you, you now see hope. Um, where once you felt panicked, you now feel peace. And it may look like nothing has changed, but indeed everything has changed because you are changed, because you are free of fear, and that makes all the difference. So you will breathe easy, trusting that every day something is happening. Every article, every journal page, every napkin sketch is done in vulnerable humility. Every task you complete Every moment is meaningful. And that, uh, that reminds me, um, it reminds me of actually something that the Buddhists say, which is um, a jug fills drop by drop, right? Or, or, or um, 
the Japanese uh, thought leaders talk about Kaizen and this uh, gradual step-by-step um, improvement or change, but change essentially, you know, incremental change, very small incremental change. And, um, and maybe this is just a reminder, like, on this, on this journey towards creativity or holistic health, um, you know, that we're beginning to, to move towards an abundance of vision that, that finds everything is profound and everything is connected. As we move along that path, there is no movement that does not come except drop by drop, you know. Um, and in so many ways, um, again, comparison is just, it, it, it is a place that we will find ourselves. That is true. But we cannot stay there. And so instead, it, it's that we're becoming more aware of our tendencies drawn to this. And then as, again, as we, as we begin to confess and name that, write that down, speak it specifically, then we're actually becoming, um, we're becoming more aware of ourselves, which is another great way of saying we're becoming, and I think I've brought this up in each podcast episode so far, but, but we're becoming um, more gracious with ourselves, kinder to ourselves. We're getting to know and love ourselves little by little, step by step, moment by moment. And uh, that reminds me, I was, um, I was helping to lead and give shape to a, a, a wellness retreat um, that we, we had down in Puerto Rico with a client of mine. And, and one, of the, um, one of the speakers, a gal by the name of Tara Beth, uh, she, Tara Beth Leach, um, she had just made a passing remark, like it wasn't even the point of her talk, but it was so, so profound. I've made note of it and, and I've shared this with several folks, um, close to me. So maybe you've heard me say this, but, um, but she really challenged the assumption, uh, the assumption that we live in, in seasons of whatever the case may be, you know, seasons of anxiety or seasons of health or seasons of inspiration or seasons of, um, frustration or whatever the case is. And, and she said, you know, it's not really like, it's not really like we live in seasons, but we really live in moments, moment by moment by moment. And that was, it's such a subtle difference, but that's much more accurate of my day. Now, of course we can extrapolate those out and we might certainly live in larger seasons and larger chunks of time, but, but boy, it really feels apt that we, I at least live moment to moment. And, and here's the thing, like that's not as overwhelming, right? Um, especially when we might consider uh, along with a systems thinking approach that everything is connected and more specifically, not only that everything is connected, but the space between everything is, is profound and meaningful. There can be a real sense of relation between different things. And it is when we give ourselves over in curiosity to the process of discovery that we, that we jump in and we explore the unique relationships between these things. That's when we become alive with, with imagination and, you know, we, 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 we find rekindled again, 
um, this passion, right, for um, for our for not only ourselves but for the gift that we have to give the world, because it is not a is not a selfish thing. Um, loving oneself is not selfish, right? Because even in in learning to love oneself, we are indeed learning to love the other, and and so, um, and so it's such a worthy pursuit. It's a it's a beautiful endeavor, and one that leads us away from comparison, because because we're finding ourselves worthy, because we're finding the gifts that we have good enough, because we're finding our art and our writing and our music to be surprising, delightful, magical. We're we're enjoying maybe for the first time, right, for so many of us, um, who we are and what it is that we have to share. And so that does lead to curiosity. Absolutely it does. And of course, curiosity is connected and related to, um, to I was going to say to the economy, and that's true, but I was really more meaning like the economy of of um, relationships uh, to society, to our social, to our our, our social place um, with one another. Uh, the idea that we are better together, truly radical, unbridled curiosity, which leads to uh, a humility that is honorable and transformative. And we know then that our work in the world is successful only to the degree that we can actively help others become more of who they are. And so, and so the daily mantra there might be, um, breathe in curiosity and exhale a question, you know. Breathe in curiosity and exhale a question. And I think in doing that, that's one way that we can keep going Breathe in curiosity, exhale a question, pay attention to those pain points in our life that triggers us, name them, write them down, be specific, because we know um, with a sort of grace that those areas that we name, again, are going to be pointing back to these moments of woundedness, and that's just a... That's a space within us that is yet to be explored. And when I think of uh, the space left, you know, yet to be explored, um, it reminds me too of like, um, I've been reading the book Originals by Adam Grant uh, throughout the year. And if you don't know Adam Grant, um, as an author, he's a, um, I think he's a social scientist. Boy, I probably should have looked that up. This is what happens when you go just completely sort of rogue. But um, but he is an author. I know that. Okay. <laughs> and um, and he does podcasting. Okay. Adam Adam Grant's amazing. He's he's never going to hear this, so it's 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 okay. Um, we could say whatever we want about Adam Grant, right? Um, but we're not going to do that. Uh, but one of the things that he notes. Uh, in his book Originals, um, is that there's like a 33% error rate of geniuses choosing the right masterpiece from their own work. 
Like, like they, they just can't do it. Like they don't really know. These are geniuses at that, right? Um, artists and makers. And, and, um, and so he, his point that he, he dives into really deep in the book is that um, it's actually a large number of ideas, right? The quantity of something that becomes very important. Quantity seems to produce a quote-unquote originals quality. And then this goes across fields, like industries, but most original work is directly related to the, to the season or maybe t- to the moments where the artist or the maker is producing the most work. And half the time, they couldn't even pick out the thing that we would later determine um, was the masterpiece. And so why do I say that? Because as I think about those areas yet to be explored, and I think about Kaizen, and I think about the, the Buddhist way of a jug filling drop by drop, and I think about us naming some of these um, pain points in our lives one by one by one, what I see and what I sense in that is this this idea that um, that we just have to keep going step by step, that we need to continue producing work, continue making the art, continue writing the piece, continue singing the song, writing the music, recording the episodes, keep doing the things. Because the truth is we don't know what is going to connect not only with a certain audience or a certain, um, you know, a certain individual, but we don't know when that particular thing will hit. We don't know where. That's stuff that we cannot control. All that we can control is where we are in orbit. If you listen to my episode on the creative process, you know that we can be doing the diligent work of observation and pattern playing, making through realization, and that, that we'll trust the process to lead us into breakthrough, and then we'll begin to iterate. And as we iterate through this, this crazy idea that we had and the aha moment of the thing, little by little, step by step, it will lead to a transformation, it will lead to a transformative idea that that truly could change the world or it may not but the but the thing is that it's just one more step along the way and we'll never know unless we keep going right we'll, you'll you'll just never know and so we keep going drop by drop gradual incremental good change Trusting the process, becoming curious, and then staying curious. Breathing in curiosity, exhaling a question. I think these are some of the ways that we can connect with ourself, connect with others, and find inspiration to keep going even in the darkest of nights of which I have been there time and time and time again. And maybe lastly, I'll say, uh, there's such a release of shame in that, right? Um, shame is just such a heavy burden. It's such a, it's, it's such a heavy mantle to wear. Um, I'll be honest, I even, I've started recording this podcast and stopped it so many times because um, in this weird way, you think, well... I have an agency and I've already started a podcast and, um, you know, I have, I, I found a co-working, I um, founded, I launched, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I launched a co-working studio 
And, um, and it feels like all these check boxes in a way, but the deal is like, right. Like we all know if you pull the curtain back, like that shit's not perfect, right? It's not perfect. And I can find all of the flaws. And when I do that, I'm just focusing on every way that I am unworthy. And that is filled with shame. It's a place that I know well. And instead we want to say, no, no, no. We want to shift our attention away, not to make ourselves bigger than we appear, right? Because that's that's not doing us any good either. Not to make yourself better than, not to make yourself um, something different than you are. That That's not what we're doing at all. Instead, confession is actually the really hard work of saying the the saying the truth about something, saying the same thing, being in agreement with reality, being in agreement that this is who I am, for better or worse, in all of the ways, in, in, in any scale or spectrum as relates to art or spirituality or whatever the case may be, this is who I am. And I think, man, if we can get to get to that place in our lives, what a, I want to say what a wonderful world that would be. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I don't know where this is going anymore. Ah, okay. Maybe we'll end there. And until next time, stay curious.